morning comes, I see the sunshine 11. Now Welcome to Mayor Woods State of City Address. At this time, would you please rise for the posting of the colors by representatives from the Boston Police Department, Boston Fire Department, and the Boston Emergency Medical Services Honor Guards. Please remain standing for the national anthem. Performing tonight is Danielle Fonseca. Danielle serves as the Hyde Park liaison for the Mayor's Office of Neighborhood Services, where she works hard to connect, bind, and build relationships within her own neighborhood to improve relationships between City Hall, businesses, and residents. Please welcome to the stage Danielle Fonseca. stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight or the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming and the rockets regular Bombs bursting in air gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. Oh, say, does that star spangled banner yet wave? remain standing for the Pledge of Allegiance, led by Cindy Marchando, Narda Pena, Lisa Malara, and Luis Shepard, alumni of the Immigrants Lead Boston program. <laughs> Immigrants Lead Boston is a program by the Mayor's Office for Immigrant Advancement for Boston immigrants who wish to take more civic ownership and become leaders in the community. Please welcome Cindy, Narda, Lisa, and Luis. standing as the colors are retired. 
You may be seated. Sam Acevedo is the pastor for social transformation at the Congregation Leon de Huda. Pastor Sam serves as the executive minister overseeing Miracle Mile Ministries, a collaboration of churches devoted to a sustained, deliberate, and strategic response to the area we all call Miracle Mile. To offer a prayer for tonight, please welcome Pastor Samuel Acevedo. Dios te bendiga, Boston. Lord bless you, Boston. This is a, a, a reading out of the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, bilingual Spanish-English. Venid a mí todos los que estéis trabajados y calgados, y yo os haré descansar. Llevad mi yugo sobre vosotros y aprended de mí, que soy manso y humilde de corazón, y hallaréis descanso para vuestras almas, porque mi yugo es fácil y ligera mi camino, mi carga. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Accompany me, please, in prayer. Maestro, te damos gracias que toda autoridad en, la, en el cielo y en la tierra se ha entregado a ti. Y al saber eso nada más, nuestros corazones descansan. Master, we thank you that all authority in heaven and earth has already been given to you. And that gives us rest. Te damos gracias que ya tú eres el Dios de esta ciudad de Boston. Un Dios de poder, un Dios de amor. Y que amas esta ciudad. Thank you that you're already the God of the city of Boston, that you are a good God, an all-knowing, El Shaddai, powerful God, and that you love this city. Y tú conoces cada arma en, en este lugar, cada persona a quien tú has confiado el liderazgo de esta ciudad. And you know every soul in this room Everyone who has anything to do with making this city work and making this city beautiful, starting with our mayor, Michelle Wu. 
and I simply deliver their burden to you. Y te entrego, Señor, cada carga de sus rostros a ti. We deliver the burden on their shoulders and we hand it to you. You can handle it. You're a big God. Te entregamos la carga sobre sus rostros y tú lo puedes hacer. Tú lo puedes cargar. Eres un Dios grande. We ask that you do what we cannot do without you. Will you make Boston heaven on earth? May we feel your presence in every schoolroom. May we feel your presence on Methadone Mile, turning that into an oasis. May we feel your presence on every street in every neighborhood. May you walk the beat with every man and woman in blue. Fill this place with your presence. Llena, maestro, este lugar, esta ciudad, con tu presencia. Hazlo una ciudad celeste, un cielo en la tierra, que cada vecindario conozca que tu presencia está cerca. Y que la paz de Dios, que sobrepasa todo entendimiento, Guarde sus mentes y sus corazones en Cristo Jesús, Señor nuestro. And may the peace of God that passes all understanding may cover your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Lord bless you, Boston. Dios te bendiga, Boston. In Cristo Jesus. Performing an original composition entitled Mighty is Shalika Joseph, born in Haiti. Shalika and her family immigrated to the United States when she was six years old. Shalika is a junior at the John D. O'Brien O'Brien School of Mathematics and Science. She credits her family with fostering her passion for music. Please welcome to the stage, Shalika Joseph.
Shalika Joseph. Friends and colleagues, we ask that you remain in your seats until the program continues. Please direct your attention to the screen and enjoy this video highlighting Boston's civic heroes. My hope is that we can continue to try to end as much as the homelessness and try to get people housed. This area in particular of Mass and Cass is heavily stigmatized. It's these little conversations that remind them that recovery is possible and that opportunity is possible. We are Boston and these are Boston residents too. My work is really to empower our students to make sure that they know that they have agency and voice and I only do that with the amazing team of teachers and families and students that we have. I think in my role, I would like to make it easier for artists to contract with us and receive more funding from us. Shout out to the graduates. This is Max, he's our tree warden for the city. I've been working for Boston EMS for 35 years. Are you ready to learn today? Yeah! Boston is a city of champions, a city of innovators and doers, a city of firsts, a city filled with possibility, a city for everyone. All that we've accomplished is thanks to the hard work and dedication of our entire city workforce. Friends and colleagues, the mayor of the city of Boston, Michelle Wu. Good evening, everyone. Good evening, Boston. <laughs> Good evening. Thank you. Tonight, we are at the beautiful new MGM Music Hall. And I want to thank the Red Sox and Fenway Music Company for hosting us and for your commitment to the city.
to my whole family, especially my husband Connor and Blazing Cass watching from home. I love you and I'm grateful for you every single day. To my partners in public service, Council President Flynn and the Boston City Council, Chair Robinson and the Boston School Committee, Mayor Janey, Ambassador Flynn and Mrs. Flynn, Governor Healy, Attorney General Campbell, Treasurer Goldberg, State Representatives and Senators, County Officials, thank you so much for being with us and for all that you do. And to our interpreters, thank you for helping us reach all of our residents this evening in seven languages. A year ago this week, I was bundled up for my very first snowstorm as mayor, riding shotgun with our superintendent of streets, Mike Roll, as he drove the dark, icy roads before dawn and worked with his team to salt, scrape, and win back the pavement from the snow. By the time we got to City Hall, Alvilar was already hunkered down in the traffic management center lunch packed for a long storm, monitoring eight gigantic screens for anyone who might need help on the roads. As the rest of our city slept, Boston's 311 and 911 call takers answered phones throughout the night to send services where needed, while emergency management crews, EMS, police, and fire stood ready. Our city is carried by so many people whose faces most of us never see who aren't on the news or on stage accepting awards, but after a full day of serving our constituents, still find time to coach softball at Charlestown High Field or pack meals for new immigrant families in Mattapan Square. That's why on your way in tonight, you saw the beautiful portraits of just a few of our civic heroes. To all our city workers, every accomplishment and constituent service delivered, every detail of the agenda we're sharing here tonight is only possible because of you. I'm so proud to work alongside you every day. It's been three years since we've been able to celebrate and reflect on the state of our city in person. And we've all felt the collective toll of these years and the continued impact on our hearts and minds, on local businesses and household budgets, Boston has always been resilient, but when resilience goes from a strength that we call on to a constant state of being, it's time to stop hardening ourselves against the world and start changing the world we live in. Real change comes from community. So I knew my first and most important job as mayor was to build the team that Boston deserves. That team is here tonight. Our cabinet is two-thirds people of color. We are BPS parents and graduates. We speak Spanish and Arabic, Vietnamese, Haitian Creole, and more. We speak honestly about Boston's past, present, and future because we've lived the challenges and shared the dreams of the families we now get to serve. The young man 
who started as a lifeguard in our community centers, now oversees them as our Chief of Human Services, Jose Masso. The school lunch lady's daughter, who found her calling as a teacher, then launched a nationally recognized high school in Dorchester, is now our Boston Public School Superintendent, Mary Skipper. The boy from Roxbury, who wanted to serve and protect, who against all odds and over nearly three decades rose through every level of leadership at the Boston Police Department, is now our Boston Police Commissioner, Michael Cox. The girl who watched her refugee parents wash dishes at restaurants so their kids could lead a better life now leads our efforts to ensure that all workers, no matter where they were born or what language they speak, have health, safety, and dignity on the job as our new Chief of Worker Empowerment, Trin Nguyen. I love this team. Should I do one more? The toddler who took his very first steps in City Hall daycare and grew up to hold city leaders accountable for vast racial disparities in city contracting as president and CEO of the Black Economic Council of Massachusetts is now our Chief of Economic Opportunity and Inclusion, Shigunita Wu. Just like our communities, this team refuses to accept that things must be how they've always been. We're taking on the hard, complicated issues our residents face, no matter how deeply entrenched or politically fraught. When we took office with winter looming and hundreds living in unsafe, unsanitary encampments, we didn't look away. We built a new model for housing and services so tents could come down and people could heal. And through the New Market Bids Back to Work program, folks who were once living at Mass and Cass are now part of the team working to keep the area clean and safe for everyone. Some of those leaders are here tonight. Mike and Mike, Tim, Carlos and Melissa, we are honored to be doing this important work together. When Omicron spiked and pushed our hospitals to the brink, we didn't turn away, taking decisive action for public health, because no matter the backlash, Boston will never compromise on protecting our people. And I want to thank everyone at the Boston Public Health Commission, Executive Director Dr. Basola Ojakutu, and all our public health and healthcare workers. When we learned the MBTA would finally make major repairs to the Orange Line, but with just two weeks' notice, we didn't back away. Every city department stepped in to keep Boston moving and proved that a more connected, coordinated system is possible. Tonight, I'm renewing my call for the people of Boston to have a seat on the MBTA board. Under extraordinary circumstances, our team has refused to settle. Over the last year, we made three bus lines entirely fare-free, and now 
We are accelerating over two dozen miles of new dedicated bus lanes, expanding our bike network, and organizing even more neighborhood open streets events. We worked alongside residents in Eggleston Square and business partners to secure a community peace garden on Washington Street and helped 40 artists in Upham's Corner go from facing eviction to owning their own building. The Humphrey Street Studio is here to stay. And this year, we'll make Boston's largest ever investment in artists and the arts. We made the spaces and services of our city more inclusive, opening a new, fully accessible City Hall Plaza and Senior Center in Orient Heights, partnering with the City Council and our Disability Commission to require closed captioning on public TVs, connecting 19,000 seniors to services, and making our 311 app multilingual for the first time in 11 languages. We reopened a newly renovated Rosendale Branch Library, and this year we'll reopen the Faneuil Branch in Oak Square and begin design in Fields Corner in the South End. Our Office of Early Childhood made dozens of new pre-K classrooms free for our littlest learners and launched a professional development program to help early educators teach in Boston debt-free. We fought off a state takeover of the Boston Public Schools, onboarded a new district leadership team, and just welcomed our first electric school buses at the Reedville Bus Yard. Our police officers took nearly 900 guns off our streets and worked with community to achieve the lowest level of part one violent and property crime in 15 years. I want to thank Commissioner Michael Cox for coming home to Boston, Superintendent-in-Chief Greg Long for your service over 18 months as acting commissioner, and all of our officers for your hard work. We are looking to end community violence with new strategies to address trauma and provide essential supports, from our Youth Safety Task Force to an alternative crisis response program with EMS and Behavioral Health Services. And this April, we will launch a fire cadet program, thanks to the leadership of our new fire commissioner, Paul Burke. We also graduated our first class of students from Boston's Power Corps program, training young people from our neighborhoods for great green jobs in the green economy. Many of them are here tonight. We are so proud of you. We've invested in long-standing legacy businesses and are helping new entrepreneurs fill vacant retail spaces to revitalize our neighborhood commercial districts. And we're excited that LEGO's North American headquarters is coming to Boston. We made progress on closing the supplier diversity gap, awarding contracts worth more than $100 million from school lunches to snow removal to businesses owned by women and people of color.
and thanks to legislation passed by the City Council and approved by the State Legislature last month, we'll be able to do even more. And we did all this on top of filling 5,000 potholes, collecting more than 500 tons of curbside composting, and plowing through 53 inches of snow last year. In so many other cities, none of this would have been possible. But Boston has never let anyone else define our possibilities. It's thanks to the people of Boston that I could stand here tonight and say, the state of our city is strong. And, and we have the resources, the resolve, and the responsibility to make it even stronger. As we look to the year ahead, our administration is focused on building a green and growing city for everyone. Doing so will require that we reckon with and rebuild the systems that got us here. When the Boston Redevelopment Authority was created nearly 70 years ago, its purpose was singular, to clear the way for new development, even if that meant displacing tens of thousands of working class, immigrant, and black and brown residents. Since 2016, it's been called the Boston Planning and Development Agency, or BPDA, but the focus on building buildings rather than community has held back the talent of its staff and deepened disparities in our city. Over the last decade, Boston saw the largest building boom in generations, cranes in the sky and jobs on the ground. But that growth wasn't harnessed for the benefit of all our communities. Not planning for community stability meant that even as our population grew, many were squeezed out. Not planning for affordability and transit meant that housing prices soared and traffic snarled. Not planning for sustainability meant that as new development reshaped our skyline, public infrastructure continued to age. Subway tracks and school buildings, pools and community centers. Now, stronger storms and hotter summers raise the stakes. The pandemic has thinned out our usual downtown crowd and inflation has forced many workers to balance two or three jobs just to keep milk in the fridge or make rent. In this moment of need, we have an opportunity and an obligation to change how we plan for Boston's future. Under the leadership of our new Chief of Planning, Arthur Jemison, we are charting a new course for growth with people as our compass. Tomorrow, I'll sign an executive order establishing a planning advisory council to fully integrate long-range planning and begin modernizing our zoning code. It will be led by Chief Jemison and consists of cabinet chiefs in capital planning, transportation, climate, housing, and the arts. Over this next year, we'll shift planning efforts from the BPDA to a new city planning and design department to expand planning and urban design as a coordinated effort that guides our growth. Our vision, our vision is for Boston to sustainably reach our peak population of 800,000 residents with the housing and schools, parks and public transit to support that growth. 
Next week, we'll file a home rule petition to formally end the decades-old urban renewal mission of eradicating so-called blight and urban decay, and instead, rededicate our resources toward Boston's urgent needs today. Resiliency, affordability, and equity. Together, these changes will, for the first time since the 1960s, restore planning as a central function of city government. I've also charged our team with improving the uneven and unpredictable approval process that frustrates community members and developers. Next month, we'll form a steering group of real estate and community leaders to recommend changes to our Article 80 development review process. We'll simplify and accelerate timelines so that good projects get shovels in the ground faster. We'll also transfer compliance and enforcement from the BPDA to the Office of Housing so our communities can be confident that we're always getting the full benefit of development agreements. Of course, we can't grow sustainably unless our residents are secure in their homes. Our housing crisis displaces children and families, drives down enrollment in our schools, hurts local businesses, increases homelessness, and strains our public health and safety systems. So, our housing plan must be just as comprehensive. We'll deploy every tool, every strategy, and every resource to create more housing that residents can actually afford. We'll prioritize keeping residents in their homes and closing the racial wealth gap by boosting home ownership. Last year, our Office of Housing permitted 3,800 housing units, the most since 2018, including 1,300 affordable units, the most in a generation. And we'll do even more. We're directing the bulk of our federal recovery dollars, thanks to the partnership with the City Council, to housing. In the coming weeks, we'll also be sending the City Council a home rule petition on rent stabilization to end rent gouging and protect our families from eviction and displacement. And we're putting city land to work. We've analyzed every square foot of city-owned property and identified several parcels that could generate thousands of affordable housing units. We also have 150 vacant lots in our neighborhoods ready for housing. Local builders, work with us to design high-quality, affordable homes that enhance the surrounding neighborhood, and we'll give you the land for free. And we'll provide increased mortgage assistance so our residents can afford to buy these homes. We'll accelerate zoning changes for predictability and equity in our growth. Our team will begin updating zoning for squares and corridors across the city and complete neighborhood planning processes to bring thousands of new homes and support the small businesses, retail, and jobs that make Boston a vibrant cultural hub. Our neighborhoods must be climate resilient and community focused. This year, we'll launch a civic and green space master plan and begin design for new community centers in Grove Hall and the North End. Applause 
and will help residents invest in retrofitting older homes like triple-deckers to save money on utility bills and protect against flooding and heat. We're going to walk the walk with municipal buildings too. Meeting our climate goals starts with ending our use of fossil fuels, so I'm signing an executive order requiring all new city construction and major renovations in our schools, municipal buildings, and public housing to be entirely fossil fuel free. And because green and affordable go hand in hand, together with the Boston Housing Authority, by 2030, we will end the use of fossil fuel in the city's public housing developments. This will mean unprecedented investments to modernize these buildings and meet Governor Healy's ambitious goals for heat pump deployment, ensuring that families with the greatest need benefit first from healthier homes and lower energy costs. Together, we can build a Boston that's more green than concrete, where housing is a given, not a godsend, and mobility is the minimum, not a miracle, where the things we build inspire but don't define us, and where each generation shines brighter than the last. Which brings me to the next generation. As mayor and as a mom, fighting for the future that my two boys and all our kids deserve is what drives the urgency behind all that we do. Like our approach to planning, Boston's approach to education has been deeply shaped by our history. The story is one that many of us know well, and it deserves telling, but that's for next year's State of the City. <laughs> Tonight, I want to share a few of the things we're doing right now to strengthen our schools, support our teachers, and do right by our students. I'll start with the spaces where learning happens. We know what world-class school facilities feel like. Just around the corner from here is the brand new Boston Arts Academy. It's beautiful, energy-efficient, and meets the needs and the possibility of our young people. But we haven't been moving fast enough. The Josiah Quincy Upper School in Chinatown will be our next brand-new state-of-the-art high school. But this project, the Quincy School, was kicked off in 2012, three mayors and six superintendents ago. Students in first grade, when that project started, will have graduated from high school by the time it's finished. We're making changes to speed up not just individual schools, but our whole district. Our school design study will take a full year off the planning process for every new school in the city, and we'll get more projects going at once than ever before. Of course, our vision for our students goes beyond facilities. Superintendent Skipper and I won't settle for anything less than academic excellence across all our schools, accessible to all our students. <laughs> Under newly created leadership roles focused on academics and getting resources down to the school level, we're investing in staff, professional development, and curriculum for the Equitable Literacy Foundation that empowers rigor and engagement across all subjects. We'll follow through on our landmark agreement with the Boston Public Schools Teachers Union to co-design and transform how we serve students with disabilities by investing $50 million in inclusion so every student gets the education they deserve. 
and because we know our students are people and family members first, we're investing in social workers and counselors at every school with dedicated bilingual social workers trained to meet the needs of our multilingual students and families. Last spring, to prepare our students for tomorrow's opportunities, we announced new early college and innovation pathways at five high schools across BPS where young people get real work experience and take college-level courses in fields like finance, health, and biotech. Tonight, I'm announcing that in partnership with UMass Boston, we'll build on that foundation by piloting a year 13 program at Fenway High School. This will give our students an additional full year of college-level courses debt-free as they transition to college and accelerate toward a degree. If we expect our young people to be the leaders our world needs, then it's on all of us to take every step to ensure they have the skills and experience to meet this moment. We recently celebrated the creation of our new Office of Youth Engagement and Advancement. That's right, oh yeah. We celebrated with a group of students from the Blackstone School, and they didn't hold back. They asked about plans for after-school programming and when the pool would reopen. And a third grader in a pink puffy coat wanted to know, ¿Cómo se siente ser alcaldesa? How does it feel to be mayor? And I didn't know what to say. Ocupada, I told her. <laughs> Busy, which is true. But it's also so much more than that. It can feel surreal and stressful exhausting and empowering. It feels like the most important work in the world. But more than anything, it feels like a gift to be able to get up every day and go to work for the city I love with people who love it too. <laughs> to be surrounded by people unafraid to do things differently willing to meet crises with creativity and reach deep into the dirt to pull up the roots of the challenges that block our view of the sky. Boston is a city that will never stop reaching up toward the progress we know to be possible and out to the community whose work makes it lasting. Thank you, and God bless the city and people of Boston. Thank you for attending the State of the City Address. Mayor Wu invites all of our guests to join her on the main floor for a reception. Thank you. Butterflies all having fun, you know what I mean. Sleep in peace when day is done, that's what I mean. And this old world is a new world, 
It's a new day, it's a new life.